So literally like uh, 20 seconds ago, you just said to me, I said to Greg, I'm like, uh, what, uh, what is on your mind to talk about today? He's like, well, everywhere you turn and you look, you turn on TSN, you turn on Sportsnet, you turn on all the hockey outlets and all they're talking about is Tage Thompson's contract. I swear to you, Riv, last night I had a dream. And Tage Thompson was in it. <laughs> I swear to you. And all I kept thinking in the dream was, he doesn't seem that mad that I said last season <laughs> was a fluke. Like, he was really nice to me in my dream. And I'm not making this up for, for dramatic effect. I'm not. This is nothing to do. I just can't believe that when I asked you what to talk about or what you want to talk about, you're like, Tage Thompson's everywhere. And the kid was in my goddamn dream last night. Yeah. Nice kid, well, by the way. Nice kid by, by the conversation I had with him in my dream. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what I believe about this contract. Okay. For some reason, I feel like Terry Pagula wanted this deal as well because I had heard in years past that they wanted and needed Tage Thompson to work out any way that he could because he was involved in the O'Reilly trade. I believe Pagula's wanted the Jeff Skinner contract more than Bottrell did. So, I mean, part of me believes that some of this is, is an ownership signing as well, which is, hmm. that's, that's okay with me because it's their money. But all I'm saying is that just kind of rang in my, my head in the last couple of days. So, good morning. <laughs> all right. <laughs> good morning. You know, listen. I mean, uh, there there is uh, there is a lot of news, a lot of talk on Tage, a lot of talk on people giving their opinions, whether they like it or they do not like it. Um, I can see both sides. You know, respect uh, the opinion. Um, this is this is not a lopsided uh, opinion or discussion. This is this is what this is what you feel deep down inside. What the right move was to do with Tage, not wanting to allow him. I'm on the side of, of, of signing him long-term. I've, I've said this uh, for months and months that, uh, the, that the right move was certainly to, to try and sign Tage Thompson to a long-term deal. He is a 24-year-old hockey player that is moving into the prime of his career. And, you know, where the argument starts is you know how many years has Tage Thompson actually played at a high level and the answer is one the answer is one but in that course of time in the course of Tage Thompson's development where some guys develop earlier quicker some guys develop when they're you know when they're 21 22 they're they're uh they're more developed I think Tage took a little bit longer. And I think that um, watching him play last year, watching him move into a position of playing center, I think he is a number one center in the NHL. He went and had a great year, 38 goals. He went and had 68 points. He was our top offensive player on our team. 
but he also he also killed penalties. He also had other intangibles that went along with his game. And um, for me, it's about looking at the upside of if Tage Thompson goes and has another year like he did last year, he's going to go to arbitration and he's getting eight and a half. Okay. Okay. And then he's just going to hang out there and just uh, he's just going to bide his time until he hits unrestricted free agency and then he's going to crush it. And I think the Sabres did the right thing by signing him now. Seven years, uh, $7.142 million a year. Of the 32 teams, you say, okay, you say he's the number one centerman. I'm not, I am in no position to argue whether he is or he isn't. Okay. It's 32 I think, teams. Is he, I is think he in after the top playing 32 one year, I think after playing one year in the league, it's very hard to say after playing one year in the league and having one really good year in the league at that position, it's very hard to say that you are a bona fide number one center. Maybe he's a centerman. But I don't know if he's going to be a bona fide number one for the remainder of his career. Now, that being said, if the Sabres happen to find a number, another bona fide number one, Tage Thompson at $7 million and a little over $7 million is not egregiously overpaid as a number two centerman. Look at some of the teams in the league. Now, that being said, if he is a number one centerman of the 32 number one centermen in the league, which where do you think he falls? I would I would certainly put him at the back end of of uh, the you know first line centers in the in the game. Now I don't what I don't what I don't want to hear is this. I what I don't want to do is go and say, well, this team has two number one centers. I'm just talking about is Tage Thompson a number one center in the NHL? The answer is yes, because he is our best center that we have on our team. There is no question undeniable but right now i look at his contract and i have i have read and talked to people that uh seem pleased with the extension and i have talked to many many people i have read a lot on on social media that they are not happy they are not happy they don't understand why now why do you need to sign tage thompson to this long-term contract when he still has one year left at what one four, why yeah, not one, just one allow four, one him six, to play seven somewhere there? So my, my I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through every team, all the good teams and you tell me who that, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I just want to know who the, who the, where he falls as uh, in the pay scale too okay. of number one. So, okay. So Nashville, who's their number one center? Uh, Johnson. Okay. 8 million, right? I'd take Tage. Okay. Um, Seattle, Vegas. Jack Eichel. I'd take Jack. Okay. Uh, actually, I'll go through cap friendly here. Tampa Bay. That is uh, Point and Stamkos. And obviously, you know, that's, that's, we don't need to answer that one. Okay. Edmonton. We know two two of the top in the game. Washington, uh, Backstrom and uh, Kunetsov, and I would say, uh, you know, both of those two guys are are elite guys. But right now, um, Tage is twenty four and he's up and coming, and the other guys are starting uh, on their way down. Montreal, Suzuki. 
Florida. Suzuki makes seven point eight. By the way, they they are comparable conversations in that Travis yeah, Yost TSN. And, yeah, listen, I mean, if if Tage Thompson were to have two years under his belt, uh, it'd be a thousand percent. I would take take Tage over Suzuki, but um, who, who else did you say? Uh, Florida team. Uh, you're very Barkov. Barkov. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver. JT Miller, Elias Patterson. Those guys, those guys are their one and two centermen, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So uh, the, one of those two guys, Yeah. Carolina hurricanes. And and just so you know, I mean, I think you feel pressure to answer whether you'd rather have Tage or this person. That's not, no, that's I not don't feel do pressure it. at all. I'll tell you straight out. Okay. <laughs> okay. And guess what? Um, I haven't said that I would take Tage over any one of those guys, except for maybe Suzuki would be a conversation for me. You said Eichel. Oh, you said you wouldn't take Tage over any yes. of those guys. That's right. all of okay. the okay. all of the players that you have named right now. I would not take Tage over them. Suzuki would be a conversation for me, and and Johnson in Nashville. Okay, okay. Uh, let's go to Carolina. You have Aho. You have Jordan Stahl. Well, just talking Miami. No, talking number one centers. Not talking the the depth chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Philadelphia. Kevin Hayes. Almost uh, on the exact over same Hayes. contract. Um, you have uh, Couturier that's, you know, into his 30s that's been beat up. I would take Tage over any uh, all of them. Okay. Boston. I think we know the answer there. Yeah. He makes well. He was making six million on his on yeah, his salary, on. but not, he's, yeah, okay. Why move on? Why like that? Why are you saying it to me like that? What's with that tone, Bergeron? Like, a, <laughs> like honestly, do I need to even say his name? Move he's on. one of your favorite players ever. I know he is. Um, Toronto. Do we even need to go there? We don't. Okay. Um, Pittsburgh. Do we even need to go there? We don't. New Jersey. Nico Heischer, Jack um, Hughes. Jack Hughes, no. Uh, Nico Heischer would be an interesting one. It's uh, something that, uh, you know, I would probably think about taking Tage over Nico Heischer. San Jose. I would take Tage over anyone there. Okay. okay. Hurdle and Couturier. Uh, uh, yep. Okay. Okay. Uh by, by the way, let me just at this point, this is kind of like an impromptu thing. Do you, do you want me to finish? Well, we're getting there. Just okay. keep going. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, you take Tage over anyone there. Johnny Goudreau's a left winger. He's not a centerman. So we're not talking about him. Yeah, you would. You would take anybody. You would. You would take anybody, Tage over anybody there. Okay. St. Louis, his old team. The only guy you can really compare him to is Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I would probably, um, I would probably take Tage right now at this point in time. And I know a lot of people are maybe raising an eyebrow. And and Ryan O'Reilly is a heck of a hockey player. He's played very well in this league. But at this point, I would take Tage. Okay, I'm not sure if I believe you, but New York Rangers, Zabanajad. Mm, yeah. Not, okay. No, moving okay. on. Moving on. Moving on. There. Seattle. I'd take anyone over Seattle. L.A. Now in his prime, 
you know, Kopitar is a no brainer, but yeah, you know I would I still mean? take Kopitar over, uh, over Tage. You would, eh? Yes. Wow. Okay. E- okay. All right. Moving on after LA, we have, sorry, uh, Calgary, no, but Kadri. Lynn home. Sounds like and I'm gonna have 40 goals last year and 82 points. So, um, He's a pretty, you know, he's pretty, uh, pretty special player. Two, uh, two top centermen there in Calgary, the Islanders, uh, Barzell, probably be taking Barzell. It's just, he's, he's, uh, he's a player. He's a gamer. He's just in a shitty organization that, you know, is, you know, still looking like they're trying to figure out what they're, what they want to do there. Nashville. We already talked about. Oh, we already talked about Nashville. Sorry, uh, Colorado. Okay. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Winnipeg. Moving on. Moving on. Minnesota. They got Kirill Capri. He's a winger. So there's uh, uh, Erickson Eck would be the first guy. First I take Tage. Okay. Dallas. Dallas. Who are you taking in Dallas? Well, you have Sagan and uh, Rupe Hintz. I take. Uh, not a, you know what? I'm not a big fan of Sagan. Um, he he's he's had a really long career. Started in this league at 18, had some really really good seasons, but it just seems like uh, it seems like every single article I read about Dallas Stars is the owner. The ownership basically ripping on Sagan and uh, and Ben. Ben just basically saying you're not producing to what I'm paying you. You know, one one guy's making what nine 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 five, and the other guy's making nine something. You know, it uh, it just Jamie Ben is. I mean, he hasn't been the same for so long. He just seems like he he could be a three million dollar player. Ottawa, Kachuk and Josh Norris. Uh, Kachuk is not a centerman. Well, they have him down here as center wing, so I know he plays more left wing. But yeah. they have him down here as a centerman. So if you want to exclude it, that's fine. Just going by what Cap Friendly says, I. Yeah, but if you want to stay there, I want to say on, Josh Norris. Yeah, he had he had he had a hell of a year last year. Just signed a new new deal, and I think his deal is what eight million dollars a year, just under, just under. And uh, if I can remember statistics in sixty in sixty some games, sixty one games this year, I think he had thirty five goals. So. If you would have been playing a full full season, he would have had over 40. You don't know shit, man. In 66 games, he had 35 goals. Yeah. Know How your many stats. points did he have? 56 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Chicago Nothing, Black. Nothing on Chicago. Nothing on Chicago. You know, Detroit, you have obviously Dylan Larkin, Boom Shakalaka, and uh, moving on to Anaheim. Anaheim, you have uh, Zegras. Uh He's a pretty fun guy to watch. I'll, 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 I'll you got to give him that after what we all witnessed as, as fans watching and, you know, can Anaheim I be the being, dick that asks you this? Okay. Can you win with that Zegers style? Like, like, I guess 
Look, I, I I love that stuff. I know that I know that everybody hated it. I know John Tortorella hated it. It was bad for the game. I think it's impressive to be able to pull those moves off and execute them in a high pressure moment like a game. Okay, it's one thing to do it during shinny or in practice. But my question is this: It has nothing to do with the person or the size of the player or the style of the player. But I'm just wondering: Are you going to win with a guy like Trevor Zegers? Is he going to be pulling that shit off in game? Four, five, six, seven of a conference or Stanley Cup final. Uh, well, I'm sure because he's we have try seen it. Craig that the rules do change. The yeah, rules do change. Yeah, he's going to try it. He that's just what this kid's made of. The, these uh, this younger generation of talent uh, think the game. They just think the game way differently than what uh, what what we all did, you know, 15 years ago. And um, He's a pretty he's a pretty special hockey player. You know, do I do I think that style is going to win a Stanley Cup? Um, I don't think that style's ever won a Stanley Cup alone. But things are changing. The style of hockey's changing. Everything's changing. The playoffs aren't changing. But um, you know, he's a pretty skilled player. He's a very young player, kind of immature player, and he will find he will find a way um, to have success. I, I, I do believe in uh, the Zegras kid. I think he's pretty talented. I think he's. Uh, uh, we'll see, we'll just have to we'll have to see what happens in in, in years to come with him because the, you know the Anaheim sucks right now. Anaheim's in a total rebuild. Um, they're starting from scratch, and they're not going to be they're not going to be a team to be reckoned with and for, for a number of years. So, I don't. Are they that bad? Yeah. Are they? Th- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop for a second. Stop for a second. I got to back you up here, man. I got to back you up here. I do not know if the Anaheim Ducks are going to be good, but I just want you to, I don't. I, I mean, maybe their roster is a little bit underrated. I mean, you got Adam Henrique, okay. Ryan Strom, Frank Vetrano, Maxime Comtois as their top four players on their cap friendly list, okay. Then you have down at the bottom. So go ahead and say that again. Henrique Strom Vetrano is Tom 32. Okay. Oh, I don't He's I don't need you to counter argument right years. now. I'm not done. Ryan Strom got let Troy go Terry, from a Max team. Jones, Trevor Zegris, Mason McTavish, who um they, they, maybe not this year, but in a in a couple or a few years, they could be not Max terrible. Comtois they have John, was John on the Klingberg, fourth line last year. Cam Fowler, Kevin Shattenkirk. They just picked up uh Kulikov. Great. Um. Well, I know you're saying great, but I mean, oh, I'm missing someone. They got, uh, I don't know, maybe they're not that great, but Jamie Drysdale, who's an up-and-comer, and then they got John Gibson and Nett. I don't know how terrible that team is. Team's horrible. Okay. And last but not least on the list of number one centers, we skip over the Buffalo Sabres. And we go to Arizona Coyotes, and there's really only one guy, and his contract is very actually no, it's not even him. Nick Schmaltz is their is their uh, centerman. Yeah. So when you look at it, you know Tage um, Tage is the uh, back end number one center in the league. I mean, some teams have two number one centers, many don't, but. Uh, I look at Tage. I look at Tage's contract. I look at his age. You know, we're not signing a guy who's 
30 years old to a seven-year contract. We're signing a 24-year-old to a seven-year contract where you're going to get the best years of this young man's life. Do I think that he can score 38 goals again? I do. Is it likely? Do you, it doesn't no. sound like you really believe you believe. No, that. I, I, I do believe he has the ability to score 38 goals. Do I think it's likely? No, I don't. I think Tage is, will, will Tage score 30 goals again? Absolutely. I think he will. I think his shot and, uh, you know, his, his ability to shoot the puck is, is massive, massive. And I remember watching Tage when he was younger. I remember years and years and years ago when Tage, I think he scored seven goals one year. Um, and this could have been one of the, the first years that, that uh, Tage was on the team. Do you remember me telling you? Do you remember me telling you that Tage easily could have had 20 goals that year? Yes. 20, 25 goals that year. He missed grade A opportunity to put pucks in the net. Whether it hit off the knob of a stick from a goaltender that it, it happens once a year to the goalie, that type of thing. He is, he just needed time to develop physically, mentally, emotionally to be able to na- make the next step. And last year at, at, at the age of, of 24, 23 turning 24, he made those strides. And I, and I, I think what people don't, people look at the contract right now, they look at, wow, that's a lot of money. It's a seven-year deal. Okay, that takes him till he's 32 years old, 31 years old. That's not that long of a contract. That's number one. Number two, we are getting Tage in the best years of his NHL career. That's number two. Number three, the most important thing of this whole discussion is the salary caps going up. In four years from now, Tage Thompson's $7 million contract when he's putting up 32, 35 goals a year and 70 points, we're going to be looking back, looking back at Tage Thompson contract saying that is a great contract. That is a great contract because we have a number one center that's six foot seven, 220 pounds that can skate, shoot and pass. Okay. You say we are going to be looking back. Yeah, we, we might be looking back if he keeps going. What numbers, what are the lowest numbers that fans can stomach from Tage with the set? Actually, forget about this year because he's only making 1.5 or 1.6 this year. He's still on the third year of his uh, bridge deal. So his eight-year deal doesn't kick in until next year or seven-year deal, seven or eight. Seven, seven years. So his seven-year deal doesn't kick in until after this year. But that doesn't mean that he can have a a lack of production this year. He needs to continue on, right? So what kind of numbers inside this contract on an average scale across the board are acceptable without saying, whoa, this contract was definitely um, a, a a steal for the Sabres. So what numbers are acceptable to say, okay, he is just, he is just doing enough to justify his deal. Give me those numbers. Okay. So can I ask you a question before I answer your question? 
Yeah, sure. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm big. I am big, big on intangibles. I'm in, I'm a, I'm a guy that when I think to myself, you know, if you're making seven and a half million dollars and you pay and you play 78 games, how many goals should you have in this league? And how many points do you need to justify a seven and a half million dollar contract? As a number one centerman? Yes. 78 games played. I want to know how many goals and how many points that you need to justify seven and a half million dollars. 35 goals? Well, he's not making seven and a half. Are you using a seven? You, I'm asking you a oh, question. Okay. So how many goals and points? Um, seven depends, and a half million bucks. Depends on the player. Because if you're talking about Ryan O'Reilly, like I know you are right now with the seven and a half million dollar salary, who's not a 35, 40 goal scorer, there you go. he might get there you, you go. in the 20s, but he's going to kill big time penalty minutes. He's going to be on the ice the last minute. Well, of that's the game. interesting because we have Tage Thompson killing penalties. He too. just start. He just started. And how did he do? I don't know. You tell how do you do with did. Alex Tuck? Just doing all right. Pretty freaking good. Okay. So Ryan O'Reilly, who is a number one center in the league, who has made seven and a half million dollars, scored 21 goals last year. 21. He had 58 points. He's on a power play. He's on the first power play. So is Tage Thompson. He kills penalties. So does Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson had 38 goals last year and 68 points as a 24 year old, not a 31 year old. I think Tage right now, we just need to respect that the Sabres who get to watch this player every single day, because all of us here that are on social media, we're all a bunch of mutts. Okay. That are just looking for, you know, information. The information has been given to us. It's been given to us by the team. They made a decision because they watched Tage Thompson's development over years. They watched the development of the, of the person, how he is, how he interacts with his teammates. Is he first to the rank? Is he, is he, is the, is he the first guy on the ice or is he the first guy off the ice? They get to watch every single practice. The people on Twitter land don't get to watch every practice. They don't get to watch what people are seeing behind closed doors in Tage Thompson. The Sabres and Kevin Adams feel very comfortable with giving him seven years, seven million bucks. And I'm going to tell you, it could be a steal in three years from now. In two years from now, it could be a steal. Okay. Time will tell. Time, time will tell. So my, my point is, is that if you take Ryan O'Reilly and Tage Thompson right now and put them side by side, season to season, and you say one player makes 7.5 and the other makes seven, is going to make 7.1. Ryan O'Reilly's intangibles, that's a word you used not long mm -hmm. ago. Yep. I think are over and above what I, I, I 
think I've heard what Tage Thompson's are right now. Now, granted, he's a captain of a team, and he was making this he was making this deal six years ago. Like O'Reilly's yeah. got one year left, so it's not yeah. like we're sitting here and they sign the contract the same point of their careers. You know what I mean? So, yep. Uh, I mean it's it's a it's a tough discussion because of when they sign their deals. But now you got to remember Ryan O'Reilly's salary also shot through the roof because he was offer sheeted back in his second contract. Yes. So I mean that took him to a completely different level of of pay scale. So, you know. Um, would Tage Thompson be offer sheeted in one year if he has 33 goals and 65 points? Listen, if the I mean, Sabres had contract to sign is what we're talking about, every contract is a gamble. Every contract's a gamble. No, not every contract's a gamble. Like, not every contract. Look around the league and tell me what contracts were gambles. Like, was Nate McKinnon's uh, contract eight years at six million, six point six per a, a a risk? No, that's what wasn't a gamble. That was by far the biggest grand slam. One of the biggest gambles over the years was the John Tavares deal. That deal yep. was a serious gamble. You know, the Austin Matthews deal, that's a gamble for a different reason because of the term and where it takes them. I mean, all these contracts are different or gambles for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like Tages, Tages is a gamble. It's a straight up gamble and a ton of risk because I can tell you that I believe that the Sabres are not sitting there going, oh yeah, Tages is totally going to repeat what he's doing. I don't even think they know. I think they are hoping. They are They need it. They need it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just look at Nate McKinnon. You, you spoke about him. You know, he, he had a season where he played 72 games. He had 21 goals and 52 points. Okay. What about him? He ended up signing a seven-year deal for $6.3 million a year. And... That was coming out of an entry deal. They they decided that they they saw something in Nate McKinnon. They saw that he was going to continue to flourish and get better. And they they bit on a a, a number, $6.3 million a year, that was probably way more than what he should have been paid. But they were banking that Nate McKinnon was going to come into his own and really take off, which now in the second part of the contract, he has grossly, grossly outplayed the contract. So it's worked out extremely, extremely well for, for Colorado and probably won a Stanley Cup because of it. Because Connor McDavid's going to have a really, 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 really hard time winning a Stanley Cup because he makes $12.5 million. Nate McKinnon, who arguably on most nights is the same type of player, the same dynamic offense of player as, as Connor McDavid. He makes almost half. Nobody knew half. Nobody knew that Nate McKinnon was going to do what he did. Nobody, not even Nate McKinnon. And I remember when he signed this deal and I remember the first season he had after, and I'm looking at it his rookie year. He had 63 points, 24 goals. He was plus 20 and they made the playoffs, and he had 10 points in seven playoff games. And I remember they played Minnesota that year, okay? Because I remember watching him make a play down the boards on Ryan Suter, and he 
He just was a, he was like a truck. And I was just like, this kid is unbelievable, unbelievable. And then the next year he had 38 points in 64 games. Then he had 52 points in 72 games, 21 goals. Then he signed that contract for 6.3 million, seven years. Then he had 53 points. Okay. In 82 games. And I remember thinking, oh man, 53 points is not going to justify 6.3 million. Like we've come to the realization that was that a long, if you get 50 million, if you get 50 points, you're looking around 5 million bucks. Okay. You get 60 points. You're looking around 6 million bucks, right? Like I've come to realize that's kind of how these numbers are like, like the contracts work, right? Yeah. Every 10 points is a million, right? That's so you feel good at Tage Thompson signing for 7 million and he got 68 points. Well, well, if he does it three, four years in a row and he gets 68 points, I'm sitting there going, this this is a legendary contract. But if he goes to 49 points next year, watch the fuck out. Watch out. And that could happen. I don't think he gets more than 52 points next year. I picked that Oh, up. my. Okay. Now, here, let's not lose lose track of the conversation. So then he, after that, that first year of the deal at 6.3, then he goes. Then there was... 97 points in 74 games, 99 points the next year, 93 and 69, 65 and 48, 88 and 65. Yeah. Yeah. He exploded. Monster. Now, if he had signed a two or three year bridge deal. (laughs) Yeah. Now, his agent has cost him a lot of money. A lot of money. Like why well, it's you, called, his age why, has cost why wouldn't he double. sign a three year, two year, three year bridge deal for like five million bucks? You want to know why? Yeah. It's because he's a 52 point player. He's a good hockey player. No one ever knew that Nate McKinnon was going to become the Nate McKinnon. Okay. So if you're a, if you're a 20 year old kid who's turning 21 going into your fourth year and you're offered $44 million. $44 million. Are you going to take it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what you're going to do. Someone's going to tell you that they're going to pay you $6.3 million for the next seven years. You are going to take that contract just like Nate McKinnon did. So don't, we can't go back and sit there and say, oh, his uh, agent should get fired. No, his agent actually did. Exactly what should have happened. And now the Colorado Avalanche has won a Stanley Cup because Nate McKinnon turned into the player that he 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 has become. And he was also on one of, I would say, the number one most favorable contract in NHL last year. Would you agree? Nathan McKinnon? Best contract in the league last year. Well, not last year. The year before that. The year before that. that, And the year before that. that. Yep. So I look at Tage Thompson. We just go back. And, you know, sometimes you have to you have to gamble a little bit. But here's the thing where where the fans on social media feel that it, it is a major gamble. I think I think the Sabres are the ones that are doing the research. They're okay. taking they're taking out the variables of uh, you know things that we don't know, and they understand that Tage Thompson is the real deal. 
and he's a great hockey player. He's got great skills. He skates well. He shoots the puck like a laser, and he's a big six foot seven center. Okay. Done. I, before we wrap this up, I want Tage Thompson to succeed on this deal. I want him to live up to the deal. I want him to, he doesn't have to overachieve. He doesn't have to exceed. I just want him to maintain statistics and playing ability that, that people will say he's justified that contract. That will mean you have a very, very good hockey player. That being said, I go all the way back to 2005, 2006, not on the Buffalo Sabres. And I think about one player who played two years prior to having a blowout season, okay? Scored nine goals his rookie year in 66 games, and he had 28 goals in 81, okay? Then the next year, he scores 56 goals in 82 games, okay? Signs a five-year contract, not only for $3 million at the time, only for $3 million. I say only, but I mean, in, in NHL terms, I say only. I don't say that like like Andrew Peters is saying, oh, it's only $3 million. Fuck, that's something Craig would say. Um, sorry. <laughs> anyway, and then next year, 37 goals. That's a significant drop-off, okay? When you have a guy who scores 56, the next year he scores 37, you at least want him to get 40, okay? <laughs> and then the next year, he gets 23, and then the next year he gets 12. And then the next year he gets five. And then the next year he's in the American League making three million bucks. Okay. So I know who you're talking about. Um, and it's not this player's but, fault. But I'm we're just not saying, talking about a the guy was playing with Joe guy. Thornton. Guy was playing with Joe Thornton. Greatest passer in our era. Second greatest passer. Third greatest passer to Gretzky, Oates, Thornton. Could go in that order. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this was a poorly timed contract because I'll tell you what, if Tate Thompson had scored 27 goals this year, he's still taking any contract that they give him next year. If it's a six or he's still getting a six or seven year deal next summer. But the fact of the matter is, it's just not the same amount. But he's still he's not going to go and say, oh, I'm going to go to arbitration because I dropped 17 or 18 goals, 11 goals, because I said 27. He's not going to arbitration. Or if he does, I mean, he's not going to. It's just, look, man, the timing of the deal sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And that's why they want us out of Buffalo, because they don't want us saying that. Anyway, did you know I was going with Chichu there? Uh, as soon as you said, as soon as you said fifty six, yeah, I knew where you're going with it. And listen, I mean, he signed he signed a good contract, but he's making three and a half million bucks. We're at talking that, something completely different. No, but at that time, at that time, what's amazing is Chichu signed that deal for five years, three million. And Vanek got the offer sheet for the same deal that Tage got. And he scored 46, I think. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. anyway, all I'm saying is. But again, we talk about intangibles. You know, uh, Jonathan Tichu had one of the greatest shots that I played with. 
his release was like I can't even t- I can't tell he's you he's been how... that way since junior. I played against him in junior. Okay. Um he doesn't kill penalties. He is not a defensive player by any stretch. He is not fast. He actually was a guy that labored around the ice. He he did not skate well. He was not physical at all. He never fought. He was purely a goal scorer, playing with arguably one of the greatest passers to ever play the game in Joe Thornton. So in, in the year that he scored 56 goals, no one knew about Jonathan Chichu. Nobody. The year that he scored 37 and there was that great big huge drop off in goals is they started marking him. Every, everywhere he went on the ice, he had a guy that was on him. Not shadowing, okay? But, you know, just they, they started to watch him so much closer. All right. All right. Listen, this conversation started, look, because it, it's everywhere. It's every Tage Thompson's discussion about his contract. The debate is everywhere. It's everywhere. And you know what? I remember when uh, William Carlson went to Vegas and exploded. It was the same kind of discussion. What is he going to get? He's had one good year. The, he had three goals a year before in Columbus, six before that. He had nine goals. And then all of a sudden he scored. What did he score that year? 40, 40 what? Who's that? Bill Carlson from Vegas when he got picked up in the expansion. 43. He scored 43. <laughs> like, yeah. And how's he doing now? So that's. Well, listen, I mean, he, he. There are enough he, examples for me to say that this was too early. That's all I'm going to say. Jack Eichel's contract was too early. Jack Eichel comes out of three years and a, and a bad ankle. And it's like, let's give him 10 million per. He wasn't worth 10 million per. And the C. It was not worth ten million per. Yeah, listen, I mean, Carlson. When you look at him, I I understand what you're saying. A player goes in and and they and they he scores forty three goals, has seventy eight points. He was plus forty nine that year, and then signed a deal that was what five nine for eight years. That's good. That's a good contract. Five nine. He's a number two center on his team. He's a good hockey player, but his his statistics definitely have gone down. He has been hurt. He has not been the same player from when he scored that forty three goal, seventy eight uh, point season. But not every single player is going to work out when you sign him to a long term contract. Like but that you're doing it for was, a reason. That, that deal was signed uh, three years ago, and it's only one point two million more than what Tage is making now. And he went from, and I guess that's the that's the the caution for me. He went from forty three to twenty four to fifteen to fourteen to twelve. Now, granted, there are some games missed in there, so those are low. So, like, that 15 might have been 18 or 19. That 14 could have been 20. That's, that 12 could have been, you know, 17 or 18. But it sure is, it's not even close to 30. It's not even close to 30. 
Yep. So anyway, time will tell. Time will tell. And the, and the thing is, is that uh, it doesn't matter what Tage does this year because he's not making 7.1. It matters what he does next year, right? That's right. That's right. So, all right. Anything else you want to add today before we get out of here? No, the the only the only thing uh, I'm going to add was something that's not hockey related was um were, was it you that I was talking to about uh Top Gun the movie? Mm-hmm. And you said it was terrible. Why what, what did you think of it? You loved it. I you? loved it. You and would. I'm not I'm not a huge movie guy to sit down and and uh you know watch movies. Um it it was awesome. Watched it with uh, with the whole family, and and we were you know telling them about a little bit of the uh, backstory of of Goose and Maverick and uh, the. You didn't top watch gun. the original with them first? No, right into number two, and Bad I thought parenting. number two was fantastic. Tom Cruise, whether you love him or you hate him, he's such he's he's so good, so good. That's all I got. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.